This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. A top five goaltender in the National Hockey League, okay? But right now, he is playing like a top five goaltender in the NHL. So the decision is not difficult. It is easy. He remains the number one goalie until further notice. All right, let's get to Will Brinson, Pick 6 Podcast moderator, senior NFL writer, CBSSports.com. All right, let's spend the first few minutes. Oh, we got the hat back on. Very nice. Uh, So you must not have a CBS Sports HQ hit so you don't have to keep your hair all nice and pretty. Um Let's just talk. Uh, yeah, I, I figured I figured out while I was like surfing through my HD antenna channels the other day that I can like easily watch this. Like it's like I. Oh yes, there's, there's enough people watching us potentially that I don't want to have my <laughs> hair every which way. <laughs> hey, look, that's fair. Um, let's let's just speak to Panthers fans for a couple of minutes here. Tell them that they basically have the same chance today to win the division that they had a week ago when we last spoke, right, last Thursday. I mean, it's gone down a little bit because time is part of the equation here. And I guess it's the Saints have been brought in uh, to this whole mix because the Saints are also uh, 5 and 9. And because you have uh, less time here, maybe the Falcons can also win out. And now we have all, all sorts of tiebreakers. But ultimately, they win. they win all three. As improbable as that is, it's still there for him, right? Yeah, I mean, sure. If you, I mean, I mean, right. Yes, they're probably not. I'm not suggesting that they're going to win all three, but if they right. somehow I mean, did, it, no, I mean it's 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 like it's so freaking ridiculous that we have to. No, that we have to talk about this, but like we we we're just saying on the podcast um, how you know you have like you know it's late in the year. We're all really tired. We'd like to get some crappy games and just move past them. Like, you know, normally you wouldn't have to discuss on a national recap podcast the uh, – what, what, what are the records now? The 6-8 uh, and eight Steelers defeating the 5-9 and nine Panthers. Like, we're just – we're going to move on because right. those are the two most worthless teams in the NFL. They're not even competing for the high draft pick. They're not competing for the division. Oh, wait. The Panthers are somehow still in the mix here. And yes, they control their own destiny. Went out <laughs> in the division, and you host Dallas in a playoff game. And look, um, uh, I was actually doing this last night. I, I think, and this is what uh, we're going to do—a press coverage show. We do like a fifteen-minute podcast on Mondays, right? Uh, that, that, that for some reason corporate decided to add in the middle of the season. <laughs> um, we needed another podcast. Yes, um, I, I, I think it's the worst division ever. Right? It. Uh, uh, I can't. I mean, I guess the seven, eight, and one NFC yeah, South. So, so the candidates I had, um, and they're all pretty modern, all since right. two thousand, really. Um, the ones that I came up with, and, and you know, if, you, if you've got if you've got better ideas from uh, from from back in the day, I'm I'm, I'm certainly open to them. But two thousand fourteen NFC South, two thousand ten NFC West. You may recall that the seven and nine Seattle Seahawks, right? Uh, defeated the Saints with the Beast Quake. That division. <laughs> That division is like is pretty good. It has a it had a negative three hundred twenty two combined point differential. <laughs> they went the entire division with twenty five and thirty nine. Um, wow, yeah, pretty bad. So currently the 
the NFC South as it stands right now is a combined uh, 21 and uh, what, uh, 27, 35, 21 and 35, 14 games below 500. Obviously, they have a horrendous point differential. I believe it's um, minus 135. There you go. Thank you. Minus 135. So yes. they've got ways to go to actually catch up with that 2010 NFC West or even the 2014 NFC South, which had a, which had a negative 227 point differential. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, this is this is up there with the worst divisions of all time. And what I part of me wants, just because it's would be fun, is for all four teams to lose again. I, I, I want I want this division <laughs> winner to have six wins. Right. <laughs> I want all all four teams to lose again. So we go into next week with the Panthers at five and ten, with a chance to tie for first. With a win in Tampa. New Orleans is at Cleveland. Atlanta is at Baltimore. I think those are probably losses. Detroit is at Carolina. The way the Lions are playing, and we'll talk about them in a minute, uh, that could be a loss for Carolina. Uh, Tampa at Arizona could end up clinching the... I don't know if it's clinching the division, but uh, those are two better football teams. I want to see what would happen if every single one of these teams loses every single game the rest of the way. Um, well, then, I, I wish that could happen. I know they have to play each other. <laughs> um, there is a possibility, though, that I just ran through with the ESPN playoff machine, where in week 16, the Ravens beat the Falcons, as you point out. Browns beat the uh, Saints. Totally reasonable. Cardinals beat the Bucks. Why not? I mean, it's a road game. The Bucks sure. just 17-point lead. The Bucks are uh, terrible. The Bucks are awful. Yeah. Then in week 17, Cardinals beat the Falcons. We're asking a lot out of uh, Trace McSorley here, but that's okay. Right. Uh, the, the Eagles beat the Saints, and the Buccaneers and the Panthers tie. And then the Falcons at home beat the Bucks. The Saints oh beat the Panthers at home. And the 6-10-1 Tampa Bay Buccaneers are your division champions. 6-10-1. That would be great. My head is exploding uh, just trying to come up with all those things. 6-10-1 would be great. Uh, here's and We'll get me to this real quick. And... I don't know if you guys have talked about it on the Pick 6 podcast or not. Um, my opinion of, and this goes across every sport, winning the division should get you in. It should not get you anything beyond in. I, I value the divisions. Somebody's got to win it. If we don't reward somebody for winning the division, there's no point having them. But it shouldn't make you the four seed. It should it should make you the seven seed if you have the worst record. Um, at some point, I'll bet I'll bet anything. At some point, all the leagues change to do that because all it takes, like Dallas, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking to somebody who roots for a team in the Atlantic Division of the ACC. So you're not. You're, you're... <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Totally understand. All right. Uh, I, I, I I do agree though. By the way, like that the that the division should. I, I agree with you that the division should matter. Like. It, these things are cyclical. You know, we talk about the NFC West yeah. being terrible, NFC South being terrible. Uh, there have been times when, you know, like, you know, the, if the division is really hard, you have to play those teams twice. You should be rewarded for winning a really difficult division, just like you should be, you know, it, it, it shouldn't matter. If you have divisions, you should be rewarded for winning that. And um, I, I'm okay with the four seed. If I'm Dallas, I, I get why I'd be upset that I'm, like, going to finish 12 and, you know, uh, I think it's 12 and, uh, 12 and five and right. whatever. And, and, and you come away 12 and five and you're like, I have to go on the road to play a six, 11, six, 10 and one Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. Like, great. Right. 
Look, you don't have to go back that far. But the Eagles won the uh, NFC East at nine and seven. They were the only team over five hundred in that division. Sure. So it's not like I mean every division basically has gone through it, and because it is the entire sport is cyclical. Look, all pro sports are cyclical. College sports too. Uh, real quick, my one cr- criticism of the Panthers uh, yesterday is that you couldn't run it all day long. You had no, they had one carry that exceeded three yards. It was it. Deontay Foreman had a five-yard run. Uh, that was it. He ended up with, what, ten carries for nine yards, and he had a five-yard run. So we can do the math in the other ones, right? Um, but they insisted on running the ball when they needed touchdowns, and what it did was it just it put them into a position where the Steelers knew they were going to throw it so they could just... I'll use the old football term, pin their ears back and just go right after the quarterback. Now, they might have gotten to the quarterback anyway because uh, they, you know, T.J. Watt is another on another level. But um, I just thought that at some point you can't do what you always do because you're not doing it. That, to me, was the failure and I guess, the decision-making. Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Financial advice industry can be overwhelming for a lot of people. Is there a way to be sure you're getting the best service when you don't know? Yeah, Adam, it's not just if you gave the money to a planning team and they did good the first year. I mean, anyone could do good for one year, but it's a track record and it's a long-term accounts that are very important. We call that a financial fill-up strategy, Adam, and that gives you lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll put together for you, the listener, your very own total retirement plan if you call right now. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Yeah, I mean, they ran for 1.3 yards per carry. Like, that's just not going to fly at any level of professional or any, any any level of football, honestly. If you're running for 1.3 yards per carry at the at the I-9 league here in Raleigh, like, you need to you know, <laughs> get, 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 get Right, that's bad get, coaching get, right there. Get another yeah. father to coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fire me and go. Try somebody's fire. mom at this point. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You bring, yeah, I agree completely. I mean, I yeah, I think, I think part of the problem with the Panthers is you know, you have uh, like Steve Wilkes has done a great job motivating this team, mm. and I think by all accounts is a is a is a like beloved leader. I love him, locker room, and I, I think he deserves a second, like another shot at being a head coach potentially, notably with Carolina. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but you know, you do wonder like, is this like I don't know if the the team that he's coaching is necessarily dynamic in its approach uh-huh. to. Or defense. No, no, they they need a better offensive coordinator. They need better offensive personnel. So I don't know if they didn't trust Sam Darnold or if they just decided at some point what we do is going to work. I get it, um, but they also what I think and I was talking about earlier this week: the lack of a pass catching tight end, the lack of a big target wide receiver, really does hurt them when you get down here if you can't run the ball now if you can successfully run the ball as pittsburgh did pittsburgh panthered the panthers is what they did those three drives i that might be the greatest drive in the history of the nfl 21 plays 11 43 91 yards i don't know if it's a better drive than that uh, i don't know i think the um Somebody went uh, 18 plays for like 42 yards the other day. That was so, so, <laughs> I'm not uh, sure I like that drive. <laughs> hey, and by the way, like, I mean, you know, I, we caught a lot of crap. I mean, I, I think you did too. Like, 
I, I caught it a lot of crap for pointing out that, um, you know, when the Panthers traded up for Matt Corral, that, and, and this is not a Matt Corral take. I think right. I'm intrigued by him as a player, but when they traded up for him, he was the third, he was the third time. I guess it was the second time. Baker was the third time. This three times they have used non like super high draft picks in acquiring middling quarterbacks. Right. And people are like, well, it's just a third round pick. Like who cares? Stop being, it's like, no. Do you know what you can find in the third round? A pass catching tight end. Right. Or a possible wide receiver. Yeah. Like DK Metcalf was taken with the last pick of the second round. This is, this is why you don't use these picks. You don't waste them on trying to trade around for quarterbacks and look, and it's, it's look where it's gotten them. Yeah, um, I'm hundred percent on board. So sorry. That was no, no, that's but it's, that's it's, it's true. The, 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 the end of the day spend wasting, not even spending, wasting a future asset on Matt Corral for a, a lottery ticket. I mean, Hey, you know what? You might scratch off and get sevens all across. I don't know. Can you do that in a lottery ticket? Um, but you, you might win the lottery. You might win the scratch off. Probably not gonna, but you might. It's it's yeah. it's foolish. It's absolutely uh, foolish. With Actually, this is easy. We go look for Matt Corral in the 2022 NFL draft. He was taken with the 94th pick. Um, notable guys taken after him, by the way, Brian Robinson, who looks great for Washington. Yeah, uh, the running back, young running back who's under now under a cheap team control. Um, it, you know, it should be comeback player of the year after he came back from being shot. Being from, shot right, right before now. the season. He was taken 98th overall, and then 106 overall, the first pick of the fourth round. Tampa Bay takes Kate Otten, who's pretty good with Tom Brady. Like, he would be a valuable asset on this Panthers team that would be helping them right now. Yeah. they And and they had serious weaknesses at a lot of positions, which is why I say that the rebuild is not right around the corner. They are still a few years away. All right. Uh, you and I talked on Thursday about an indication in Jacksonville. We'll talk about the Jaguars Ooh. and the Cowboys and the dumbest – finish in the history of football mm. next your favorite christmas song is oh man um i've been rocking around the christmas street fan i don't really know if i've got a favorite one really? um okay that's fair you don't have to have I, a favorite. I mean I'm a, I'm a i'm a big fan of all christmas music in general but i think i like um some of these like more offbeat like christmas albums uh, my, 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 my good friend Blaine Smith is, uh, is, is very good about, uh, putting together Christmas mixes. Uh-huh. Um, I found one that, uh, that a Christmas, uh, album that I actually didn't know about until recently. Jimmy Smith, Christmas cooking. Jimmy oh. Smith, the former wide receiver of the, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, no, he would be based on part, part of his career. Christmas cooking would have been something different. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, actually, you know what, you know what, I'm going to, can I take a, uh, I'm gonna take a, a mulligan sure. and tell you what my favorite my favorite Christmas song is, and it's it's, it's sometimes NSFW. Uh, but <laughs> uh, Carter, Backdoor Santa. Oh, he's on my it's on my top five Elite Christmas song. It's on my top five, absolutely. Backdoor Santa is tremendous. Uh, Christmas and Hollis for me is undefeated. Uh, and as I said, I I say this all the time. Must be Santa by Bob Dylan. Watch oh. watch the video. The video okay. will just make you laugh. Okay. It's it'll it's a great house party uh, in the video. All right, let's talk about uh, the the Jaguars win over the Cowboys in overtime. There's a lot of games we I I, I do want to get to. We don't have a I guess a ton of time left. We spent a lot of probably too much time on the NFC South. 
Uh, but <laughs> I mean, it's a, you know, right. We talked on Friday, a uh, Thursday rather, about as much as anything for Dallas. I mean, they're, they're ten and four. They're going to make the playoffs. They're probably going to be the five seed. That this was an indication. So, did we learn anything? We probably learned more about uh, Mike McCarthy than we, and maybe Dak Prescott than we learned about anything about the Dallas Cowboys. How how did they end up losing the game they should have probably put away? Yeah, I mean, now I will say that um, that you know I did point out on Thursday that I thought the Cowboys were going to look ahead past the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, past this game to the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. Um, you know, that wasn't necessarily the total case because they were up. I mean, Lord knows they were up. 27 to 10 in the third quarter. Yeah, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, you just got to put them away. I mean, for me, it was really more about Trevor Lawrence. Like He's great. Turning it on, and he's looked awesome the last several weeks. I think uh, anybody who wrote him off, I mean, again, I've said this before, you're an idiot if you wrote him off. No right. offense if you um, if you, if you, if you like gave up on Trevor Lawrence after one year with Urban Meyer, what, I mean, what are you thinking? Um, I, I do, I do wonder. The Cowboys for me are a team with a lot of talent and a lot of high level, like a very not, not stars and scrubs, but I mean they have like these really fun, explosive playmakers on both sides of the ball, and yet there's no way in hell I want to trust them in the playoffs because Mike McCarthy's involved. And this is right. sort of a reason why, like you're up 27, 10 against the Jaguars and you lose that game in overtime. Now granted, like the NFL has, the league has basically created, has basically, you know, metamorpho- metamorphosized this, you know, the, the way that games are played into a situation where anybody can come back from any like deficit. The freaking Vikings came back from 33, nothing on Saturday. They did. They, Matt Ryan. They, they absolutely did. Matt Ryan has now given up the largest lead in NFL history, the largest lead in NFC Championship game history, and the largest lead <laughs> in Super Bowl history. And he's got to play defense, poor guy. We're hanging but, that on Matt Ryan. That's too bad. <laughs> I know. I love Matt Ryan. I, yeah, uh, well. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, you can, anybody can go back from in deficit at this point in the NFL. Right. And I, I do think that, you know, I, if, if you had somebody who's not Mike McCarthy, Maybe you, maybe they keep a little. Maybe they, I think Doug Peterson keeps his foot on the gas and doesn't give up that lead. Is my point. Look, the I thought it was an indication going into this game. First of all, I don't get why they would look past Jacksonville to Philly. It ain't like the game really matters that much against Philly, other than for their own brains, their own mindset, well, because they're not catching Philadelphia on top of the division anyway. They they no, they they could have if they beat Jacksonville and then Philly lost in one of the games. I mean, right. they, Philly they, would have to lose some to somebody else to have a chance. I, I think, it, I think it was, I think a lot of it is probably about um, the, uh, the, the fact that, Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at thedesignery.com. The the Eagles look like a dominant team. Jerry Jones 
is probably referencing how much he would like to defeat the Eagles in the playoffs. And you heard Micah Parsons talk about it. Like they, they, it's it's sort of like playing them on Christmas Eve, four thirty p.m. Right. I mean, all all of us heathens who will be watching it. There'll be a lot of people. A lot of, a lot of a lot, not a, not a lot of uh, Christmas Eve services in in in, in the Greater Dallas area will be <laughs> popular. They'll be very early this year. Right, exactly. our Christmas and, and, Eve service will be at nine thirty today. Right, <laughs> and, and I just think that it, it, for them, it's like sort of a like a uh, just sort of a, a like a, a like a, a mile marker, right? To yeah. say if they beat the Eagles on Christmas Eve, they can say we we know we can beat anybody in the playoffs. Okay, so I I know this is going to sound weird, but just beat them in the playoffs. I, I That's the only time you have to beat them. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that this mindset is the correct mindset right. to have. I'm simply suggesting I think that's where Dallas is. And when you've got when you've got a division rival who's better than you, clearly on, on like both sides of the ball and right. in, in most positions, and living rent yeah. rent free in your head uh, as you head in, like as you head into January, late uh, Christmas in January, like you're probably in trouble. Yeah, I think they're. I think they're in trouble from uh, in terms of just how they're playing. They're not playing very well. Dak Prescott is not playing very well. And that therein lies the problem. All right, two. I, I mean, I can't even describe how the New England Patriots lost the game other than they didn't really care to win it. I don't even understand. Now, I know the players came out and said, this was on us. This wasn't on the coach. Well, of course. I can't imagine Belichick said, hey, by the way, if you don't get a touchdown – on this running play that we're running at the end of the game for I don't even know what reason, um, then just throw it around and see what happens. I'm sure he didn't coach that. What, Probably not, but what, I think... What did we watch? I think it's... I think, And we talked about this on the podcast last night, but I think one of the things that is really fascinating to me about the uh, Bill Belichick Patriots, and, and I don't want to call it like post-Tom Brady world, but you know, over the last couple of years, specifically I think like the last two years... Um, this is a team. So for 20 years, the Patriots under Bill Belichick just simply didn't do stup- the stupid things that everyone else did. That caught, like they, they allowed so many teams to lose games by doing stupid right. things and simply not doing stupid things, letting the stupid things come to them, taking advantage and winning these games. And, and you would see it happen week in and week out all the time in the playoffs. Um, and it feels like the last two years, more or less, the Patriots no longer avoid doing the same stupid things that they avoided doing for like two decades. Yeah, it was Belichick that said more games are lost than won. Correct. And he just proved it. <laughs> his, well, I didn't say he, his team. Delfer once famously said, you've got to win games to not lose them. <laughs> uh, in the National Football League. I mean, I've that's by the way, the play by play call. We're going to play this in Wall of Sound later. Have you heard Jamie Horowitz play by play call of that? Uh, Jason Horowitz. Jason Horowitz. I don't know why it's Jamie Horowitz. Right? Uh, Jamie Horowitz is the uh, is your guy, right? No, no Jason Horowitz is isn't Jason Jamie Horowitz, Horowitz is, like somebody that you've had on your podcast before, like, like the uh, like a fantasy football guy? No, that's Jamie Eisenberg. I miss yeah. Uh, J- Jamie, Jamie Horowitz. Listen to me. Is the, uh, Listen is to the, me. Getting all the uh, the Jewish names uh, mixed I, up. Hey, hey, I was uh, anyway. Uh, you know, the Bears, <laughs> 2012. I'm I'm an honorary member. Uh, <laughs> long story, but um, uh, Jamie Horowitz is the the, the guy who created uh, 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 whatever the debate show is on First Take. Oh, okay. So, that that's where I get 